Welcome back to more Real Talk with Big John. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've gone on record saying multiple times to uh, my children and to the church and any, anybody who's ever had the sort of pleasure of listening to me for any length of time is the necessity of the gospel being preached. The necessity of the gospel being taught accurately and as much as that, that we understand that the gospel is not something that we outgrow. Uh, this is not a, a phenomenon that only I teach. There's been piles of brothers in Christ who teach this. Uh, I, I've, I've got the pleasure of a lifetime of serving with uh, several brothers in Christ who teach this on the Laborers podcast. Uh, and that, in that instance, we disagree on some things, but what we don't disagree on is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says that unto those that are being saved is the power of God and salvation, and to those who are perishing it is foolishness. So uh, the, there's an area that I think is somewhat comical that, that somebody who has, has, has made it his life's boast that, that the gospel is the most important news that we can share, the gospel is the best thing that's ever happened to the world, to you, and that you'll never outgrow it and all that being true, there's an area that I kind of, up until, I don't know, a year or so ago, have had missed and... Uh, you know, I don't want anybody else to miss it. I don't want anybody else to miss it. I don't want anybody else to make the same mistake I have and assume that you've, you've grasped all there is to grasp out of the Scripture. So I'll have the, uh, the privilege to speak tomorrow, by God's grace, at Restoration Church in Marion, North Carolina, at Brother Darren Gibby's church. And I've... Uh, I've, you know, I've already prepared my, my message, and if, and if the Lord doesn't change my mind between now and then, this is going to be what I teach on. Uh, however, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to give my sermon here. I don't, that would be too long. I'll try to keep the podcast short. But I'm going to give you the principles. So the idea that somehow or another that the gospel of Jesus Christ is just used for the salvation of the church is, is wrong. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just used for the building of the church and the edification of the saints. or for It's not just for any one thing. Rather, the gospel of Christ is used in every area of our lives. And if done so, it will also improve our study habits. It'll improve our prayer life. It'll improve our study habits. It'll improve what we understand about Scripture. Let me explain. So uh, you can have a very accurate historical understanding of the text. Okay, when you're reading Scripture, you can have a very accurate understanding of the text. You can, you can be like a, a historian with it, and you can have empirical evidence supporting the Exodus, or, or empirical evidence supporting uh, the Jewish occupation of the land of Canaan, and then how they were in Egypt. You can you can do all of those things and be accurate, but be absent of the gospel in your message. Right? You can you can miss the entire beauty of the gospel in the Old Testament if you're just simply looking for historical facts. That's how come there can be a an Old Testament scholar teacher in a secular environment who is unregenerate and unsaved and doesn't know the Lord at all. 
That's how that can happen. That's how you can have a people group that boasts that they know the Lord because they have the law and they have His ordinances and they've missed the point of what the law was sent to do, right? I don't get, I don't get sidetracked in an entirely different subject. We're going to stick with this. Reading Scripture with the gospel ever present before you. Uh, I've warned my children and, and those in my church when I teach uh, in my Sunday school class, anybody that I've had the opportunity to teach, I've warned them not to go to Scripture with too much preconceived notion. Uh, it, it, it's my belief that if you go to Scripture looking for something, you'll find it. And then you can be led astray even if your motives are great. Even if your motives are great. Uh, I think that that leads people down the wrong road whenever they're reading eschatology, for example. If, if you're reading uh, prophecy and you're looking for America in your prophecy, you'll read America into a prophecy that they're not in at all. You'll read China or Russia into a prophecy that they're not in at all, and you'll make a mess out of Scripture. So uh, I believe that it is imperative that we as Christians, especially us as Christians, that we read the Bible with the gospel always in front of us, that we're always reading the Bible, thinking about things like how does this glorify Christ? How does this speak to Christ? And how does this, this uh, testify of God's people, of His Holy Spirit, of God the Father's work throughout all of creation? How does this work in highlighting who Christ is? And then what you'll find is you'll find testimonies throughout the Old Testament that testify of God. More than just God in relation to Israel, you'll find testimonies of how God is the exact same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. You'll quit seeing a difference. I, uh, one of the things that, that happened that altered my way of thinking was uh, I was I was having a, uh, we'll call it a spirited debate, with a co-worker at the place I used to work. And he was an unbeliever. And According to him, part of the reason of his unbelief was based off of it seemed that the God of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament were different. And that's because when he's reading the New Testament, he's, he's reading about Jesus in a way that he, he's not looking at, at him that way in the Old Testament. When Jesus makes statements in the New Testament, it says in Matthew, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. So, you know, there's, there's a myriad of things that causes us to change our viewpoint. Again, I'm getting off on a rabbit trail. I shouldn't do that. Reading the gospel, the four gospel books, and then understanding the principles that Christ is teaching by in those four gospel books, and then applying those, those principles to every other book in Scripture will serve to make you understand better. Now, what I'm fixing to share with you is something that I read, and uh, I'm sorry, I didn't read, I listened to a, a lesson by a man named Chuck Misler that was shared to me by a friend of mine some years ago and uh, and I think it's a great example. It was the first example I ever heard where somebody was using the New Testament to unpack the Old Testament. And to my own shame, I, I didn't pursue that in every story, right? So now uh, this will be in Genesis chapter 4. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to his servant, his oldest of his household, and put in charge of it he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I'll make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, and you shall take, uh, not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. 
But you shall go to the country to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me into this land. Should I take your son back to the land where you came from? Then Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. Interestingly enough, think about Jacob and England. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and will take a wife for my son from there. But if, you're, but, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham and his master and concerning the matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out in a variety of good things in the master's in a master in his hand. So then he goes to Rosa to Mesopotamia. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to paraphrase a few things. He prays on the way down there, and Rebecca ultimately does the things that that Eli Ezer, which was the servant's name uh, of Abraham. So Eli Ezer goes to where Abraham is from, and talks to Rebecca's uh, parents, and then Rebecca winds up agreeing to the marriage, and, and then Eli Ezer and Rebecca come back. Isaac sees Rebecca, falls in love with her. They become a, a husband and wife. And then Chuck says some things that uh, I had never seen before. He said, behold the gospel. Uh, interestingly enough, Abraham represents the father. Eli Ezer's name means the Lord who helps me. He represents the Holy Spirit working in this situation. Rebecca represents the bride, and Isaac obviously is the son. So the father sends the helper to the bride to bring the bride to the son. Now that is a picture of the gospel and salvation working through the gospel, isn't it? Where the Holy Spirit convicts the world and brings the world to the son by way of God's grace and faith and repentance and all these things work together, but 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 it's primarily it's work of faith and it's by grace that we're allowed to be saved in the first place, right? And the bride comes to the bridegroom and they become one. This is this is salvation laid out before us in the Old Testament. It's it's like God just uses people as representations of the things that are going on in the heavenlies or the things that will be coming in the New Testament. And it's mind-blowing to me that I never saw that. that, that it, and, and when you go back and you read, you see more and more and more. The more you press the gospel button in this, the more you press into the gospel, the more that you use the gospel as the filter to what you're looking. So I'm going to have to repent of a statement and say, quit. when I say quit looking at the Bible with, a predisposition or a presuppositional approach. I think you need to read the Bible through the lenses of the gospel so that it makes more sense. A man was created in the image of God and rebelled from God. And this this rebellion is called the fall, and because of that, all creation was cursed and death became a sentence given man. However, 
everybody born inheriting this sin debt from, from their father who ultimately inherited it from uh, Adam, there are steps onto the scene God in flesh who has no fatherly lineage on this earth, but rather his father is God. And he, he lives the life that is absolutely flawless, going to the cross, dying a death he did not deserve. Then my favorite part, three days later, shakes death off, rolls the stone away, and then spends the next 40 days or so teaching the people the gospel, ascending into heaven, and he'll return for his church. This information is what we use to break down all of Scripture. You see, we have the benefit of knowing, because of God's Word, what His goal is. And if you know what His goal is, you can, you can more or less extrapolate what uh, He's doing in getting there. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to know what God's thinking every step of the way, obviously. He is infinite and we are finite. We have a better idea of what God's wanting to do. We understand how and why He's wanting to do it. He wouldn't none should perish. God doesn't take delight in the destruction of the wicked. He loves us. And He's made every avenue of salvation. He's prepared every way possible for salvation. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. Be saved. I know these videos are becoming more sporadic. That is not because I'm trying to avoid them. It's because I'm trying to, to not just be a, a better dad and a better husband. I am trying to be those things. I'm also trying to be a better minister. And I'm finding that my time can't be allocated the same way to everything. And this winds up getting put on the back burner. And uh, that does not mean that I do not think it is important to minister through podcast and video. It just means that for the time being, I can only do so many of them. It is the privilege of a lifetime to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone. And though I'm as faulty and as frail as a man can be, I pray that He bless you through this and that somehow He use this for His glory. He is worthy of it. He is worthy of it. I'm Big John. Thank you for coming.